What ho, podcast pals, and welcome back to Discontent Provider, the show that aims to dribble the toxins and beastlinesses of this wicked and weary world into your ears in small enough doses that you'll build up some form of immunity to it all, hopefully. Well, either that or it'll kill you outright so that, like Hamlet's father, your unquiet spirits can haunt your descendants and, by using overly poetic language, badger them into exacting a terrible vengeance upon the world by killing pretty much everybody around them before dying tragically themselves. Yeah, that's rather a brutal long-term strategy, now I say it out loud, but, uh, you know, omelettes, eggs and all that. Well, I, I don't say that myself, mind you. Uh, I haven't touched an omelette since I had a terribly iffy one as a kid uh, uh, and spent the rest of a drizzly day in Clacton-on-Sea being as sick as a dog all over my cagoule. And uh, bright orange it was, deeply unattractive. Uh, and speaking of dogs, I'm joined here in the happy place, as always, by Arkham, the world's greatest lurcher, who is, I'm dashed glad to say, in the rudest of rude health. In fact... We're both in rather bobbish and sprightly mood this week because uh, following a lengthy production meeting over a can of Asda Pilsner and a handful of Wilco brand peanut butter chicken wrap dog treats, uh, we decided uh, on a show of hands and paws that we would absolutely not, not under any circumstances, mention a certain party in this week's podcast. More specifically, the leader and gobshite in chief of a certain party, whose noxious presence has hung over our leafy glade uh, like the acrid tang of a long-gone cat litter tray. And uh, unfortunately, events have, for a damn change I'm bound to observe, conspired in our favour, with only the most rabid, frenzied and easily dismissed fringe conspiracy theorist fuckstumps paying any serious attention to a certain matter that we also won't dignify with direct reference. Freed, then, from an obligation that was no less pressing for being moral than contractual to mock, deride and scorn a chappy who is more than capable of making his preposterous poppycock painfully apparent without the help of gutter-level saxerists like ourselves, Arkham and I can turn our three roomy, time-dimmed eyes to more rewarding fields of egregious fuck-country. Which is all to the good, of course, because uh, by gosh and giddy gumdrops, cats and kittens, there's a lot of it around at the moment, uh, including, uh, if I happen to be honest, uh, including my own. Uh, you see, if you're a regular listener, you might recall that uh, last week I confessed to not knowing how to measure intangible quantities like courage. I'd, I'd rather prided myself on a certain manly frankness, in all honesty, but uh, it turns out that I was revealing an inexcusable level of the most appalling ignorance. Because, in fact, not only can concepts beyond the strictly physical be quantified, they can also be numbered, categorised, ranked in order of potential impact, and while not exactly compiled into an at-a-glance Top 40-style chart... Ah, remember the Top 40, cats and kittens? Uh, there is absolutely just as much of a scientific approach to that sort of thing as there is to more humdrum and corporeal weights and measures. You've probably guessed, wise owls that you most surely be, that I'm talking about the National Risk Register. According to its website, uh, the NNR... I abbreviate because, in a dire emergency, the extra four syllables could literally mean the difference twixt life and grisly death. Uh, 
This, quote, this version of the National Risk Register is more transparent than ever before. It reflects the principles of the UK government's resilience framework to communicate risk information in a more open and accessible way, to ensure shared understanding of and greater preparedness for risks. It's aimed at risk and resilience practitioners, including businesses and voluntary and community sector organisations. You know the sort of thing. Preparedness, readiness and all that. Rather like Exercise Cygnus uh, was in 2016, only, apparently, this time it's all to be taken super-duper serial. And not, you know, widely ignored when a pandemic actually did turn up. Uh, it's wild stuff, to be sure. The, the various threats that loom above or around Great Britain and its interests have been divided into various categories, from accidents and system failure to terrorism. And each possible nightmare scenario has been arranged by both likeliness and potential impact on us. So, plunging in more or less at random, we find accidental fire or explosion at an onshore major accident hazard pipeline. Now, that scores an impressive 3 out of 5 in terms of impact, as it would, at least initially, be most dangerous to the immediate vicinity, it seems, and has a likelihood of 1 out of 5, making it, as you'll be glad to hear, highly unlikely. Ah, should the idea of an exploding pipe raining fire and or toxic gubbins down upon the citizenry not grab you, may I offer you small-scale CBRN attack? This refers to terrorists or agents of a hostile state using chemical, biological, radiological or nuclear methods to target either an individual or a small group of individuals. The example uh, given being uh, the assassination of Alexander Litvinenko by polonium poisoning in 2006. This sort of nastiness uh, notches up a rather modest score of 2 out of 5 in terms of impact, one assumes they're calculating only the initial death toll rather than the wider and more long-term ramifications, but does score a meaty 4 out of 5 in times of likelihood, making it highly likely. So, uh, don't accept tea from a heavily accented person would be the best advice I can offer podcast pals. Now, while the fact that the NNR's failure to uh, list thousands of tonnes of effluent being thoughtlessly dumped into the seas and rivers... Uh, might, on the face of it, reduce uh, its credibility, we would be unwise to dismiss this stuff as a sort of paranoia porn hub from which the easily alarmed can pick whichever fear-based fap that may tickle their frightened fancy. It is, we are assured by uh, Deputy Prime Minister and Martin off of 90s sitcom Game On Replicant, Oliver Dowden is an incredibly important resource. Uh, all right. Perhaps his personal hierarchy of dangers and their relative urgencies may differ from yours and mine. Speaking on yesterday's Today programme, uh, the first example of catastrophes he gave was the murder of MPs, for example. While he insinuated that concerns about things like fire safety on the Bibby Stockholm immigrant barge were largely political in nature. Quote, I would just gently say that the Fire Brigade's union has donated... £850,000 to the Labour Party since uh, 2010 is affiliated to the Labour Party. 
Uh, strange that uh, while the NNR may be able to assess the likelihood and impact of any number of cataclysms, it clearly has its limitations, inasmuch as it fails quite signally to recognise that some disasters are obviously much more important than others. Equally odd and rum was that uh, even with Mr Dowden so helpfully broaching the vexed question of policy perhaps being influenced by financial considerations, Miss uh, Carney didn't invite the PM's pet Pixie's views on the fact that his governor's pater-in-law's company, Infosys, signed a deal worth more than a billion dollars with BP a mere two months before the government opened up the North Sea for further gas and oil exploration. I mean to say, hey, what? I'm, uh, I'm no heavyweight political journalist or anything. Please hold your gasp of astonishment. Uh, but I know a natural segue point when I hear one. Uh, yeah, the, the reticence of a lot of media outlets to make any kind of unseemly fuss about this potential conflict of interest is a puzzle that will doubtless baffle uh, and intrigue generations of commentators for centuries to come. Assuming, that is, of course, that scenarios 5, 28 and 43 don't get them first, of course. So, one might well think at any rate. The thing is, though, one would be a fucking idiot to might well think that. Because not only is there no apparent link between Mr Sunak and Infosys, according to the Register of Members' Interests, there is, if I've understood the regulations aright, no actual need for an MP to declare the financial interests of a family member unless they're either employed in some sort of parliamentary capacity, like that aggravating blonde lady that tweets on behalf of her lantern-jawed ex-military dreamboat husband who everybody thinks is simply smashing and in no way the most derided kind of officer class wanker or might be engaged in any kind of lobbying in the public sector. So you see it's all above board and a total non-story is it not? Particularly as you'll be gratified to know as an explosion or fire on an offshore oil or gas refinery is considered to be highly unlikely. So you know all bases covered there. Well, you know, were I pushed to make a guess, I might suggest maybe it has something to do with the time-honoured tradition that people, of whatever race or class, hate their in-laws with an icy, venomous intensity and wouldn't do them a good turn if their lives depend upon it. Well, that's probably it. It's, it's one of those in-laws things. The sort of shared experience that used to provide such unspeakably rich comic fodder way back in the 1970s. Les Dawson, et al. It, it would, come to think of it, completely fit in with our current socio-political landscape. Strikes, economic disaster, mutual hostility between the West and Russia, a profound faith among the clueless that ripping fossil fuels from the North Sea will solve all our woes, a resurgence of the casual loathing of environmentalist queers and university weirdos with big glasses, and the bulk of the media giving their consumers the green light to shit copiously and uh, with impunity all over brown people. Yes! Yes! It's so obvious! Put it all together, cats and kittens, knit those strands with your sharp and gleaming mind needles, and tell us, I dare you to tell us, that a localised temporal anomaly has not hurled our not notably united kingdoms back to the decade of glam rock, Tom Baker as Doctor Who, Gary Glitter trying to fuck kids, and the winter of discontent. <laughs> Stone me! That's one the National Risk Register didn't see coming, eh what? Yeah. 
this is going to need a great deal of consideration and an even greater amount of flared trousering and wide ties. So, uh, so I think Arkham and I are, are going to go off home to mull it over, uh, doubtless over some chappy and Findus crispy pancakes. Maybe a can of Party 7. So, until we meet again, perhaps next week, maybe in the late 1950s, if the Tories really are determined to drag us back to the good old days, uh, we hope you'll continue to like, share and subscribe to Discontent Provider while there's still an internet to do it on. And we don't have to hand this nonsense out on a roneoed sheet done with Letraset. Uh, bear in mind that I could be wrong, and for once I hope I am, about many of this, uh, the things I've said today, and that all opinions expressed herein are simply those of a half-bright anti-folk remnant with a weird eye who checks facts and quotes as best as can be hoped for with his limited faculties. Should you want to, or be able to, get in touch with us for comfort, support and guidance during these difficult times, whatever times they might turn out to be, feel free to knock upon our electronic postbox at discontentprovider at gmx.co.uk or you can find uh, us on Twitter at discontentprovider, tweet at Foxy and Arkham and we'll get back to you instanterish. There will, of course, be a song that for once might not sound quite so hideously dated given the circumstances, so hang around for that. And from myself, the Silver Fox, and Arkham, the Black and White Dog, Cheerio! Or, or maybe TTFN. No, no, that was, that was the 1940s, wasn't it? Tommy Handley and all that. Uh, I, I, I don't know how groovy cats and kittens used to say goodbye in the 70s. Uh, it, it may astound you, podcast pals, but uh, I, I, I wasn't so frightfully cool as a little kid. I love jangle by pointless worries, worst things happen at sea. Arrange your anxieties by priority, be practical like me. Clap your eyes on this handy guide, it's helpful and it's free. Don't soil your pants over random chance, not every stranger's an imminent danger. Click the link here to plan your fear, wherever you happen to be. Don't be afraid of escape gorillas if you don't live near a zoo. But watch out for a terrorist killer, one might live next door to you. Earthquakes, asteroids, tidal waves, there's nothing you can do. But a chemical fire at a nearby factory, protesters intent on battery. Secret installation going anti-mattery, horrors that might come true. Let your eyes dilate as you contemplate the terrors on our list Ignore our corruption and ineptitude Pretend they don't exist
cost of living crisis that's not even real. Imagine getting skull fucked by ISIS and hearing your children squeal. Or the Chinese hacking your bank account when you get a great online deal. Don't think about exploding oil tankers, not our links to hedge funds and bankers. Whatever you do, don't fear the wankers at this car crash country's wheel. At this car crash country's wheel.